Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, about 13 minutes only, but every day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word every day, and thereby helping us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. We encourage you always to help somebody in your life, maybe a number of people, by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, with family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally, literally everybody you can. You know people in your life who need to turn their lives around, who need to grow in their faith, who need to come to God, who need to change their lives. You may help them even get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about, well, one form of heart, heart problem, and that's hatred. When we're talking about heart troubles, we're, ta- we're not talking about uh, that muscle within our chest that sends, that beats, you know, timely every day, all day long, and sends or pumps blood through our circulatory system all day long, every day, as long as we live. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, from a spiritual perspective, our heart. We're talking about the seat of our conscience, of our thinking, of our, our life's direction, our morality, our moral conscience, our soul. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about heart troubles. Well, hatred is a... a problem of the heart that we've described as that being a two-edged sword. Now, certainly it can be hurtful, even destructive toward the person who is being hated by us. But the other edge of that sword points right back us, and it becomes self-destructive toward ourselves who harbor that hatred in our heart and maybe even act upon it. You see, it eats away at the person who is harboring that hatred like an acid or a cancer. We need to be careful that we don't allow hatred to develop within us and certainly to not act upon it in an outward way. We need to squash it, to push it aside, to repent of it if it actually develops within us and to seek God's forgiveness and strength to always stand against it, ever coming back. Hatred can keep us out of heaven. It's condemned throughout Scripture. We talked about that. We looked at a number of examples in the the Scriptures about people who hated other people. A couple of times, eventuating, and they're murdering that other person, such as Cain murdering his brother Abel. And also Absalom murdering his half-brother, Amnon. We talked about how Joseph's brothers hated him so much that they plotted his killing, but then changed their mind and (laughs) just sold him into slavery and then deceived their father into thinking that he had been killed and eaten by a wild animal. Well, the examples in life around us are basically uncountable. Hatred has been a part of humanity since virtually the beginning. And what's the basis of that? What's the seed for that hatred? Sin. The devil's behind it. If he can can lead us into, now he can't make us become a hater, 
But if he can plant the seeds there and lead us into letting those seeds grow into hatred, well, then he's got us. But we, he cannot make us hate somebody or harbor hatred in our heart against our will. We have to allow that to happen for him to be successful in generating that hatred within us. Again, hatred is condemned over and over and over and over again in the scriptures. Well, so let's come to this part of our study. How can we overcome hatred? Hatred is a poison that will affect the heart, the spirit, the soul, the emotions, the psyche, and even possibly the physical well-being of a person who continues to bear that hatred. An antidote is needed to counteract the effects of a poison, isn't it? Maybe you're hiking through the desert, all of a sudden you're stricken by a rattlesnake. Whoever might be with you has to get you quickly to a doctor or some medical facility where you can be given the antidote. And the same thing can be said about a number of poisons. What is the best antidote for hatred? Because it is a poison that will eat up our, our heart. It will eat up our soul if it goes untreated. What's an antidote, the best antidote for hatred? Now, while some might think the answer is trite, it is the true answer nonetheless, and that is love. Love is the most effective antidote for hatred. It is impossible, impossible to both love and hate the same person at the same time. Just as darkness is defined as the absence of light. You see, darkness cannot prevail where light prevails. The absence of light, that's darkness. Well, just so, hatred can be defined as the absence of love. So at the same time, when love is cultivated in one's heart, by its very nature, it leaves no room for hatred. It dispels the hatred from that heart. John wrote in 1 John chapter 3, and I want us to read verses 14 and 15. He said, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Now he's talking about ultimately spiritual and eternal death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So what's the antidote for the hatred? toward that person, love that person. Now understand that loving somebody who may even be hateful toward you does not mean that you approve of their actions. It doesn't mean you like the way they act, but you can love them in spite of that. How many parents have loved their child who is disrespectful, rebellious, mean-spirited toward those parents. Now, they did not approve of that kind of behavior on the part of their child. They may have disciplined that child repeatedly, 
but lovingly, they still love their child. How can we guard against hatred developing within our hearts against some person? Love that person. Make up your mind you're going to love them in spite of them. You're still going to love them. So John, again, seems to have depicted in either an either-or proposition here. It cannot be both and, but either-or in 1 John 3, verses 14 and 15. An earmark of a true Christian salvation, an earmark, is his love for his brothers and sisters in Christ. He who does not love his brother abides in death, John said. In the next breath, John states, whoever hates his brother is a murderer, verse 15. John does not speak of any middle ground. He speaks of loving or not loving. And he speaks of hatred being equivalent spiritually to murder. And his intent may well be to communicate to the reader that to not love your brother in Christ is to hate him. Now, John further states that he who hates a brother in Christ is in darkness and walks in darkness. 1 John chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Darkness symbolizing sin, evil, wickedness, the opposite of godliness, the opposite of walking in faithfulness to God. In another text, John states, he who does not love does not know, does not know God, for God is love. 1 John 4, verses 8 through 11. John relates how God demonstrated his love for us by sending Christ to die for us. John says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Obviously, then, loving our brother in Christ eliminates the possibility, eliminates the possibility of hating him. And again, look, look at what John said about God's love for us. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And how did Paul describe God's love for us in sending Christ to that cross? God demonstrates his own love, for, uh, his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 and verse 8. He also describes us there as being enemies of God because of our sin. When God sent his son out of love to die for us. The antidote for hatred? Love. Love. Jesus went into detail in teaching to respond in love even to those who hate you, he said. Matthew 5, verses 43 through 47. As human beings, our instinctive reaction is to return in kind whatever is extended to us by others. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Matthew 5 and verse 43. But he went on to instruct that we as his followers should break the mold, so to speak. 
Jesus said, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Matthew 5 and verse 44. He went on to point out that God blesses both the just and the unjust in verse 45. And he further makes the point that even sinners are good to those who are good to them first. We are to live by a higher standard, however, Christianity, than the rest of the world, verses 46 and 47. We are to overcome hatred, not with more hatred or violence, but with love, with love. Do you hate somebody? Are you willing to let that keep you out of heaven and in hell forever? Think about it. Let's pray. Father, help us to love even those who might hate us. Help us to love those who would be our enemies. Help us to love those who don't like us. Not excusing their bad feelings toward us, but to love them in spite of those feelings, in spite of their bad actions toward us. Help us, Father, to exemplify your love in our lives toward others, even the unlovable. Please strengthen us in this, Father, we pray. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.